Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Well, that's that's a good morning. <laughs> that's that's what you call a good morning right there. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, Lord. This is good, man. This is so good. Guys, it's glad to have, we're glad to have you here today. All these shining, smiley faces. Y'all look so pretty. Awesome. I just want to remind you guys, next Sunday we are having baptisms and dedications. So if you haven't signed up, please do. As Rebecca makes her way to her seats. <laughs> We're also going to have a crawfish fellowship. Crawfish? Who eats, who eats crawfish here? I mean, I've never had it. We'll see. <laughs> it's up for debate. I don't know. So, yes, I'm going to hand this over to Chris because he's the man. He does all this stuff really good. <laughs> it's good to see you guys. Chris, 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 Chris. Can we give him a round of Chris's? Come on. <laughs> Man, thanks, Pops. Man, <laughs> is he not good or what? Aren't you so glad that we're not stuck in that religion anymore? <laughs> Man, like just the... Just the knowledge that, that he is not here like waiting for us to do something. He's just waiting for us to move towards him. Like, you know, we've said this for a while now that he's given everything already, right? A lot of times we, we say that, oh, give me more, give me more. But he's actually already given everything he can give. He's just waiting for you and I to step into that capacity, do that full-on Indiana Jones right off the, right? <laughs> And, and, and it, it's so beautiful when we do that. And, man, I am just so, Raquel and I are so thankful uh, for you guys um, because we would not be, CORE would not be what it is or who it is. It has nothing to do with us. We're just driving the car right now. It's just you guys being who God called you to be, these uh, crazy, weirdo world changers. <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll take it. Because I'm right there with you. But, uh, man, I am, I am really excited uh, because today we got, a, we got a bunch of other world changers from the other side of the world, right? Yeah. And uh, um, just real quick, I'm going to turn this over to Joel in a second because, uh, you know, they, they do got a time uh, constraint. Uh, what's that? A six hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him that wouldn't phase you guys at all. <laughs> Uh, because you guys are crazy, man. They will stay here till 4 o'clock in the afternoon sometimes. It's crazy. It's just crazy what God is doing, and really because it's all about family. Because the, remember, the kingdom of God is familial in nature, yes? It's governmental in structure, but it's familial in nature. And that's why you guys shine so brightly. 
because we're grabbing a hold of family and running with it. And it's just so exciting. I know um, there's a lot of visitors here with Joel, and, and they're, all from, they're all students from Bethel, and uh, we're just really excited. Made a, a good connection about two and a half years ago. Uh, how many of y'all remember when Marin came, the first team that came to us? Anybody remember Marin? That guy's really crazy, but that's good, right? And uh, Marin and his whole team, and then we've had several others since then. And, you know, last uh, two Fridays ago, we had Jeremiah here. And uh, who's that's his you know second time with us I think yeah, and uh, and it was just so cool. Uh, so we're really excited. I, I want to explain real quick, uh, and also for anybody joining on Zoom, you know we don't we don't live stream yet. We are recording, uh, so it is all going to go on YouTube. And if y'all haven't looked at that yet, man, you ought to check out what's going on with with the YouTube right now. It's just it's just crazy, and the Instagram reels as well. Like we're hitting we're hitting over. Um, we're over a thousand views on our reels, like, like consistently. Remember that time when somebody said, "Oh, that little rinky-dink church over there." <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, Lord. I didn't mean to rub that in. I'm sorry, Dad. You're not like that. I hear it loud and clear. I'm trying to do a jab. <laughs> but I want to tell you today. Uh, if I know there's some other people that came in, and if you're visiting with us for the first time, man, welcome so much. Uh, we're just so honored that you would join us. Uh, we have a lot of friends here with us today uh, from a church way over on the other side of North California. Uh, and Joel Power, uh, he's a, uh, he connects pastors uh, in, into the Bethel Network. And um, there's a whole lot more that he does. And um, he's really good friends with, how many of you guys from you students know Jeremy Gonzalez? Y'all, or anybody in his groups? Yeah. So Jeremy's brother, Matt, is like our best friend. Like, he, he, him and his wife, Des, helped uh, push us into kingdom culture. When, y'all remember? Yeah? They're a family here. So uh, listen, that's the people they run with. So uh, I have full trust, right, uh, and confidence. So listen, if uh, you better have your phone ready. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, have your phone ready because if somebody gives you a word today, you know, you want to record that, right? You want to hold on to that, and and, and we can process with you and stuff and all. But but anyway, uh, Joel has got uh, his awesome wife Sarah and have three kids now. Is that right? Three beautiful kids. Um, you know, they're just doing an amazing thing uh, for the kingdom, which is what we're all about. And so we love it and we're excited. So Joel, why don't you come up here and just whatever, man. Yeah. Am, I, am I able to speak? Thank you so much. I, I just I asked Chris if I could stand down here. Guys, thank you for having us. Can you give yourself a round of applause? Because I think you guys are amazing. Um, two things. He, he said he has no idea what we're going to do today. And I was like, well, that makes two of us. So that's like... <laughs> and then the second thing is I'm still trying to figure out what rinky-dink means. So... If it's, something, if it's something I shouldn't repeat, just let me know, because I, 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 you know, I don't know American, I know English, and I don't know Texan, so I'm, well, I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> Do you mind if we just stand up one more time? I want to just open our time in prayer, and it's our great, I want to tell you, Core Church, it's our great privilege, and to the Cornelius, it's our, it's our great privilege to be here this morning, and uh, we, we just finished an event yesterday with, with, uh, with a bunch of people um, at the Hilton. It was just a phenomenal time of seeing God just come through, pour in, bless people, 
Man, I mean, people were getting healed, delivered. I mean, yesterday morning we had a service where people were literally, I don't know what was going on there, but it was amazing. Um, I just know there was a lot of snot crying, and, um, and that was just from the guys, let alone the women that I saw. So, um, <laughs> But I know God is doing some incredible things, and, and I just want to pray that the breakthrough we saw over 1,200-odd people yesterday would be the same breakthrough that you would experience in an accelerated moment today. Is that okay? So why don't you hold your hand just like in receive mode, because really that's, you can't do anything for the goodness of God. Uh, you just have to sit and receive it, or in your case, stand right now. So God, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord. God, position our minds to be fully present in this moment. There's many moments we can think about. There's many history moments with God. There's many experiences, even yesterday, even last night. They're all wonderful. But today is a fresh day, a totally new day, a totally new opportunity to be fully present in what the Spirit of God is doing right now. And so, God, we just thank you for that, and we thank you for hungry people. You always feed hungry people. And we love buffet food, so we're all... (laughs) supernatural gluttons, but I just know that God is doing so much in this church. Um, even, even how you renovated and beautified this building, I believe the Lord's doing that even internally inside of you. And as you, as you present a piece for excellence to the Lord, He lands on things and does even greater than what you thought. And so I just thank you for your faithfulness as a church. Thank you for your hunger as a church. And just thank you for obedience. Thank you for being obedient to the voice of the Lord. I pray that that today you would get all the testimonies of yesterday in like a very short time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Let's just give Jesus a shout. He's amazing. He really is. He really is. He's amazing. What we're going to do is um, I'll just introduce myself. My name's Joel, and as, as Pastor Chris introduced me before, and and my wife is Sarah, and, and uh, we've been married 16 years. We, we're pastors at Bethel, been at Bethel now for seven years. We migrated from Australia, and we came to Bethel in Redding, California, um, to be students, to attend school, BSSM. So Bethel, we have a school, a Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry, and largely our students, and why don't you just stand and we can just welcome you this morning too. Our students are part of my group, with they're amazing. Give them a round of applause. And you're going to hear from some of them in a moment, and uh, I'll say a few words, and then we're going to have just a time of glory at the end where all of these guys will lay hands on you, and, and it's going to be a great time. But we, we migrated here um, in 2015, and so yeah, so at the end of this year, it marks seven years for me, and I think seven is something significant. I, I, I take everything prophetically, so I'm like, ooh, seven, ha, ah, hmm. I'm looking at every prophetic book to find out what seven means. Um, <laughs> I know Chris V gave me a word many years back and said, like, uh, what God's going to do in you is going to take seven years, at least five to seven years. And so we're hitting that seventh year, and, and having hosted Chris Valentin Chris yesterday, I had this strange feeling like I'm about on the cusp of what he was thinking about. And I feel very excited about that. Anyways, um, so um, I don't know what it is, but I feel very excited about it. And we moved here because we're hungry. There was no real big plan. We didn't have a plan. We, had, well, we didn't have anything. We had a house we couldn't sell. We had no money. I mean, it sounds like the life of ministry. But it, look, uh, we just moved here, five suitcases, and we just trusted God. 
And we were just trying to be obedient. You know, guys, we were just trying to be obedient to the voice of God. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. We are going to get into that soon, but I just wanted to say, like, one Samuel says, it's better, it's, it's, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. And to be sacrificial is, is amazing. To be passionate, to sacrifice, to do all these things for the Lord is amazing. To do missions work, and I've done that. Been to Africa, done those things. Been to Mexico, done, been all around the globe doing different things. I've loved people. I just love people and, and sacrifice. It's not very hard for me to just go somewhere. To be obedient <laughs> ooh, <laughs> has been another thing. But I know that most times in obedience, sometimes it just doesn't feel peace. You know, sometimes people say, I just don't, I don't go anywhere that, that unless peace, I don't feel peace about it. Now, I, don't, I go places where the Holy Spirit leads me, so peace will always go before me. Um, but do I say obedience is a peaceful season? Sometimes pe- uh, obedience is crazy. And the only sense of peace that I have is that God said is who he said he is. But in my internal world, there is, I often have felt there's no peace. And I want to say, if you're in the middle of a journey right now, and your definition of God's hands on you is that everything is, not, everything is perfect, and that may be true, that may be true for your circumstance, but if you're not, and it's like crazy, peace is with you. Um, because I think about when he was crossing to Capernaum, and you can find the story in Luke 8, He's taking his disciples. They just fed 5,000 people. They're going to Capernaum. They're going to do it on a boat. And the storm hits. All right? So the storm hits, and then they have to wake him up. They have to shove him up. Wake him up. Hey, there's a storm here. Don't you realize this? I mean, don't, don't, obviously, they didn't realize they were shaking the Prince of Peace. So it's obvious he'd be still sleeping. It's a bit obvious. Like, they're shaking. Don't you understand? Like, this guy is definitely going to sleep through a movie because he's the Prince of Peace. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, but, so, but understanding that story gives us a great concept of God and how he does things is that, that even in the midst of things, you can still slay, stay asleep in your soul. You don't have to be affected. And so I'm trying to learn that. And part of the obedience walk is that oftentimes, you know, the disciples were, were, were meant to go to Capernaum. The obedient part was that they were going somewhere. The journey part was they had to wrestle through a storm and a calming of the storm. And the great faith is that we can calm storms. Who, who, who believes that was great faith? Yeah, and I, and I think that is absolutely true. The other side of that is that I think it's great faith to stay asleep in a storm. And I think that's, and I could, do you mind if I talk to you as leaders? Because that's kind of my jam. I love leadership. If you say leadership, I'm like, <laughs> it's like a good Texas and rib. You know, I'm like, oh, oh, don't give me this thousand island salad. Just give me the rib, you know. Uh, um, so, so when I think of leadership, I think of leadership with you guys because leadership is responsibility. Leadership is I'm forward thinking. Leadership is I affect people. Leadership is I make impact. Leadership is means I get to have a chance to shape history. So it's a different mindset because leadership generally is not is is the mindset should be I'm not just thinking about me. That's the leadership mind. I'm not just thinking about me. And so when Jesus was on a journey. He wasn't just thinking about him, so for him to stay asleep, he was trying to teach, probably trying to teach the disciples, hey, there is a way to be able to go through a storm, and let me illustrate that to you. I will wake up and calm it, but I am just as powerful asleep. That makes sense. 
His time hadn't come yet, so it was impossible for them to die. He knew that that was the one his mandate. He had to go to the cross. So anyway, I just opened with that to say that today, we, I felt just to talk about journey in the Holy Spirit and talk to you as leaders, because I feel this church, with many of you, are just leaders. I just feel it in the room. And, and so we're going to do that. But first of all, I just want to invite uh, J- uh, Jacob. Sorry, uh, do you want to come up? Come up, come up, Jake. Come up, Jake. And I've, any of you who are feeling for prophetic words, just maybe have three or four of you come up as well. We just want to just throw out some prophetic. Jake was feeling some things as we were going in worship, and I just felt we could just, um, just share a couple of these things and just go after them, and then we'll minister them. We'll go from there. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, guys. Uh, I feel like the Lord was wanting to come in this room and heal people. Um, the first thing I felt like God was saying, he's healing headaches and migraines. So if there's anybody in here that feels like they have like a headache or a migraine, you can just raise your hand. Or they've been dealing with headaches or migraines. Okay, amazing. So I just want to activate you guys. Anybody that's around her, can you just come and pray for her? You can just come and lay hands on her and she's going to get healed. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing, I just felt like I wanted to heal back pain. So if any of you guys have back pain in here, you can just raise your hand. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. God's going to do that. All right, Mark, anything you have to? If you have back pain too, can you stand up? All right. Awesome. And the people around you, everybody that's around, can you guys pray for them and while you're praying for them? Um, just quick, short prayers. Just pray, pray quickly, and um, and then I would want you guys after you guys pray, maybe like a sixty-second prayer. Um, just test it right after that, and I feel like it's going to start with somebody, and it's going to release the faith for other people to get healed in the same time. Um, I was feeling. Uh, I had one of my friends text me uh, about migraines as well, so just to increase the faith in the room, someone in here um, is going to get healed from migraines. I also had, I don't know if someone's in the room right now or, or someone that hasn't, isn't here right now, but someone was in a crash recently or a fall, and they had their, their left knee was, was torn or something. That's what I was seeing. I don't know if they're in the room right now. Recently? They're not in the room today? Okay. I just pray that uh, whoever that is that, that was in a crash that's here, that was in this church, or somebody that you guys might know. Um, I just saw that their left knee was torn. Maybe there was uh, tendons or ligaments torn. And I just pray that we rebuke death. Yeah. It was five years ago, and you still have pain? It's messed up. Oh, amazing. Yes. So we're going to, Jake, will you pray for that? What we will do now, just if, if you can, uh, if, if you can, why don't you test, test your backs to see if the pain is still there. Uh, 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 and if it's not, just wave your hands at us so we know that that's been healed. Wow. So what are you feeling out of 10, if I was to say 10? It's gone. Praise Jesus. All right, all right. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else feeling... If, just give me a number out of 10, what it's feeling. 10 being the worst, 1 being completely healed. 
Just test it again. How are you guys feeling? How are you feeling? Out of 10, what is it 10 being the worst? Wow, come on. Anyone else feeling better, feeling like their back pain is gone? Because we'll pray one more time if your back pain's still there. Let's just pray one more time, guys. And be healed. You got healed from. Yeah, share the testimony. So about five years ago or so, I um, was in a car accident, and my leg went against the door. And so um, you can feel it, but there's, there's, I don't know what happened, because I, I never got it checked out. <laughs> but I have a feeling like a ligament or something tore, and it kind of fixed itself in a weird place. And so usually when I bend, it hurts, but it's not hurting right now. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Come on. So good. Anyone else want to, want to just give a report? Just, just you're testing it now. How do you feel, madam? Yeah. <laughs> Numbing down legs. We'll continue to pray as we keep moving forward. Maybe just have uh, Sophia just one more time. Just you sit next to her and just pray over my friend over here in the pink sweater, and we want to see it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, do you have something to start up here, Mike? Do you have that? Okay. Hi, y'all. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to sit on my knees right here. Yeah. I'm just going to be very obedient. Okay. <laughs> As we were driving here today in the car this morning, I just had this vision. I began to pray for you guys, and... And Jesus just showed me this vision of the bride of Christ and him just dancing with her and them just having this like beautiful, intimate moment. And as we got into your church and began to worship, I, I just openly like I saw her standing in the middle of this room and her and Jesus just holding each other and dancing back and forth. And I saw your children of the children of this house just start to fill that space in the middle and just run around her and to run around him. And they just started to like fill in, like holding onto his legs and, and grabbing her skirt and pulling on her and yanking on her. And like the joy of the Father, like the joy of Jesus to just look at your beautiful children. And I started praying and I was like, okay, Jesus, what are you saying? What are you doing? First off, he loves you and he loves his bride. And I feel like there's such a unity in this church, like there's such a pureness here, such a special, such a special thing that he's been doing. And I also feel like there's an impartation of faith from your children for where there has been places that you've felt like faith has started to run dry. It's been a hard season. You've been in that season of obedience that Joel is talking about, and it's started to maybe even create unforgiveness, maybe create bitterness. It's been painful. I feel like your children and, like, the joy that is set before them, like, that carries an impartation of faith in this room today for mothers and fathers and people to be mothers and fathers. So I would just love it for kiddos who are old enough to just come and lay hands on your parents 
And if your kids aren't here and you're a parent, or if your kids are really young, if we could come lay hands on you and just pray for an impartation of faith and also just for endurance in being parents and for what you're fathering in this church and what you're mothering in this church. And I just want to tell you that Jesus is so proud of you. And like, I just have felt his tenderness all day for this, for this space, for this church. He's so proud of you and what you're doing. He wants to give you new energy and he just wants to, to let you bask in his love a little bit. So if kids and if other students could go and start praying for people, if you're a mother and a father, if you would stand up. I would love somebody to be on everybody. And then I'm going to pray with you. Okay. Wow. Look at how many mothers and fathers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So I would just love you guys to begin to pray for faith to arise, for purity and power to arise, for an increase. Jesus, we just thank you for your bride. God, we thank you for this, for this body, for this church and how they've been running after you for the faithfulness. And God, we bless these children with their boldness, with their love, with their purity. And we just ask God for an increase in faith in this room, for the gift of faith to just be presented so beautifully. Jesus, I just thank you for the obedience of these men and women and what they've been doing, where they've done things in secret, where they've made promises to you that they keep that no one else would know about. I thank you for those secret meetings and closets and on rugs and in bathrooms where you've seen everything, God, for when they've been driving in the car and crying out to you, where you have just so met us. And God, where we haven't seen you move, I thank you for moving. I thank you for where you've been moving in their children and in their family. And we just ask that faith would step into the room, that Jesus, you would just step in and bring an increase. We just ask for more in Jesus' name for the more of heaven, for just an increase to feel your manifest presence, God, an increase to feel your manifest love. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. So good, Leslie. I, it's so funny. I heard the Lord on the way here say that he is a God of legacy that he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I think that that is so prevalent in this house um, because it feels like family, right? Literally, we walked in, and I'm from the South, and so literally we walked in, and someone was like, hey, do you want breakfast? Can I feed you? Do you want something to eat? Like, do you need a chair? Like, do you need somewhere to sit? And I feel like that is just such an impartation on this house. Like, I think that's so different. Um, in this house than other houses that I've been to before, right? Because it's like the church was meant to look like family. And if he didn't want the church to look like family, he wouldn't have called himself a father. And so when we pull ourselves back to that place of like sonship and daughtership, then that's where we see our breakthrough come, right? It's through family. It's literally through coming. I've learned so much through school and so much through the small church that I was a part of because I had a mo- like I had parents like I came from like my parents don't know the Lord like 
my dad is a drug dealer and my mom has like dealt with abuse and like put us under that our entire lives. And so seeing God move in this familial way at first was really, really like, like pressing for me. Like it felt like there was this tension of, okay, God, like, how do I deal with this? Or like, how do I submit to my pastor when I'm afraid of men? Like, how do I move to this place? And I just thought it was so funny. I was telling Leslie, um, because she was sharing her visions with me back there. And then I was like, she was like, also, we went to third generation coffee this morning. And I just kept hearing the Lord say on the way here, he was like, I am the God of all three generations. And I just see that even over this church, like that you guys are pastoring, that there is like, there's so much space to grow, right? Because you have your parents, and then you have all your kids, and then you have grandkids, and then your grandkids have kids, and your great-grandkids have kids. And so I just see the Lord, like, busting open this thing. But also, like, in that, it's, like, so intimate, right? Like, he is a God who, who desires, like, he loves the big stuff, right? He loves that 1,200 thing that we did yesterday, that conference. Like, he loves that. He loves moving in those rooms. But also, he loves, like, sitting with us in the morning at our table, like, just sipping coffee. Like, he's, a, he's not and or. He's both and, right? And so I, even adding on to, like, Leslie's word, I just remembered the verse um, that was in, it's in, I should know this better, honestly, in John, where he, it says, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Jesus promises the Spirit, right? And so I don't think that that's, like, a hard thing for this house. I don't think that the Spirit is, like, quenched in any way. But being from the South, I know it's quenched in the South. I know that some churches are like, oh, this is a charismatic church, right? They're, the, they're like, we got the Bible thumpers and then we got the holy rollers, right? There's a vast difference. And I just see the Lord in his kindness and in his goodness. Like, he's like, you can have reverence for the word, but also, like, be completely in love with my spirit. And so I just see him, like, this being a house where that is, like, so prevalent that it's going to bleed onto the other churches. I just see him, like, unifying you guys in this way where before, like, like, I know the Baptist church down the street from where I was did not like what we were doing. But also, we also saw, like, this family thing happening where all our pastors started gathering, like, in the region, and they literally were like, wait, we can't deny a move of God. And so I just see that in this place of, like, there's going to be so much overflow happening of, like, the little church off the highway that you are going to see this move of God. And it's his kindness. Like, it's his promise to us. They never come back null. They never come back full in. And so why, why not step into the whole thing? And that's even, like, a call for the people who have been walking with the Lord for years and years. And it's like, there's jadedness towards the church, but he said he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. So how do we look at his bride and criticize it when he's weeping over it? And so I just see this invitation of give your kids big words. Let them express the fullness of what they're feeling. Literally seeing the little boy up here this morning with his flags, I was like, oh, my gosh. 
And there's a little boy at our conference yesterday who literally saw the face of Jesus. And he came through our fire tunnel. And, like, the way that every single person, like, we had to get down. And so it's like, don't be afraid to get down. Like, what he's doing in bringing the children forth. If it's a pure and spotless bride, what's more pure and spotless than a child? And so, Jesus, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, oh. We thank you that you are just breaking off jadedness. And the things that were once broken, God, that your blood is just healing. We just look at the cross and we say it was enough. It was enough for all of this mess. And so we just come boldly to your throne as children, as sons and daughters and mothers and fathers, and we're eager to push the next generation up. We're eager to see you move again and again and again and again. And so I just speak over this place that your young men will dream dreams and your old men will see visions, God. And we just thank you that you are a good father that you love family, that you love pulling your kids close. I just feel like there's sometimes a trigger word with the word family, right? Like, I know I had that. And I just feel like I just saw Jesus, like, in those wounded places. It was like he was, like, cupping the blood and putting it over those wounds. I think we forget sometimes about the reverence we're called to have for the blood. Because it was gruesome like the cross. We can sing these beautiful songs. Oh, Jesus. We can sing these songs about this. And he rose, and so we live on that side of it, right? We live on the, well, Jesus rose, but it's like, can we look at the cross? Can we see the sacrifice? And can we make that enough? We're not playing church anymore. <laughs> it's not what he wants. Oh, Jesus. I just thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Hmm. I first just want to say thank you for opening up your doors uh, to having us this morning. Uh, as soon as I woke up, it's awesome what everyone's saying about family. As soon as I woke up, I had the word family in my mind. I could see the word family. I was hearing the word family. And there's actually an excitement that, that started to rise in, up into me that I was like, I was going to a family reunion. Like I was going to see family. Like I was so excited for that. And when I came here, it felt like home because I grew up in a church just like this. They look just like this. And it's familiar. And I want you to know that what you have here is precious and it's so beautiful. Yes, there may, there's always going to be a bigger church down the road with, uh, you know, better lights and, and, and better TV screens and all that stuff. But I want you to know what you have here is so beautiful and so precious and it's so valuable because the churches need 
people like this. They need families because people can go to any church and they can hear a sermon. They can, they can sit through announcements. They can sit through the welcoming team. They can sit through offering, and they can leave just as empty as they did when they came in. But when they come into a place like this, where everyone is just welcoming them with open, opening arms, and they truly are showing the love of Christ because that's what we're here to do, that's going to be such a big difference. And when I was sitting in worship, I heard Pioneer. Like, you guys are the pioneers of CORE. It reminded me of whenever, all throughout BSSM, we hear the leadership team of Bethel that's been there for some time. They're always talking about these stories of when they were first getting started. They talk about all these testimonies. They talk about all these worship times and prayer times of, of when they were just getting started. All these words and miracles and everything that they saw back in the day. But I want you to know, like, you guys are in that season right now. Like, I feel like you guys are in that season right now, and you're building up to something that's going to be so huge. It's going to be so big. And I don't want you to take advantage of, of this and just kind of brush it off. I just want you guys to be aware of the season you're in and be appreciative of that. And I feel like I've, I'm supposed to tell you, like, to write down what you guys are going through. Like, if you guys have, like, a journal, if you don't, Get like a notebook and keep record of all these things that you guys are going through as a church because there's going to be a day when you guys are just blown up all over the area. You go back and say like, remember when that happened back in the day? Remember when that happened? Like there's going to be great things that happen now, but there's going to be even better things in the future. So I'm so thankful for you guys. Um, yeah, I just want to pray for you real quick. Mm. God, I thank you for this church. Uh, God, thank you for their open doors and our hospitality, God. <laughs> Lord, I just pray for fresh fire on this church right now, Lord. God, I pray for an outpouring of your spirit, Lord. God, let them just feel your love, Lord. <laughs> I pray for everyone that walks through these doors. They feel something different that they've never felt before. God, I thank you for this leadership team, that you just give them strength that you give them energy, and I pray for unity in the church, God. They are a team, and I just pray for unity. In Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. Powerful. You guys can sit down here, too. We just, we'll, apparently, Pastor Chris said we can do whatever we want. We can sit wherever we want. We can lay wherever we want. I'm like, I was just hoping I could eat muffins while I preached. That was amazing this morning. Um, so praise God. So listen to what he's doing. He's healing people. Like... We worship the Lord. We're here as family. He's healing people. He's giving prophetic words. I mean, it's absolutely incredible what God's doing. Do you... Come, come, come. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Look, so obviously you guys have no idea what you're coming into here. And they're all blown away right now because um, <laughs> Stephen and Alyssa. So, what, so one thing, Raquel and I co-lead here, right? And what, we, what I want to do right now, I feel like I need to do as the authority here of the church, I want to publicly declare that I receive the word that you just spoke. Uh, we are going to take advantage of the words you spoke because they just became real. Again, because what you both spoke is, in, in, I don't mean this offensive at all, it's not a new thing, it's a confirmation thing. Because those words have been spoken over us for the last three years. In, a, in, a, in many profound ways, and this is just another 
part of the confirmation. So first of all, thank you for hearing exactly. The other stuff was amazing and good, but I know I, I heard I needed to declare that so that it's, so that it's out in front of everything. Uh, and um, there's so much more to it. We would love to tell you the story. But, yeah, so I'll give it back to you, man. I just I had to do that, man. It's, oh, God, come on. So awesome. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is powerful. So I was thinking about the children when, the, when we were just talking about children before. And I, you know, when I said obedience and before, you know, <clears throat> obedience sounds like, a, sound, who, when you hear obedience, does that sound like punishment for you? I know this church definitely not, but back in, back in the day when you think obedience, you think someone, you know, pricking you into place, if that makes sense. And to some degree, cattle terms could be that potential way, you know, you it's a prong, you know, the good shepherd will pull you and put you and prong you into place. But the obedience really, uh, and I was thinking about childlike faith and mustard seed faith. You know, he wants us to be childlike and have mustard seed faith. And mustard seed faith is like minute. So if you want to have great faith, it's almost mustard seed faith. But great faith is not big faith, it's in size, it's small faith in seed. So well, whose faith is great? It's God, really. It's stepping into the faith of God. You know, we've all been given a measure of faith, a measure of grace, and no one knows how big that measure is. But when we think that God's given us a measure of faith, according to Romans 12, you know, we think about these things. We often, I, if, you're, if you're like me, you'll see a spoon in the air somewhere and a measuring cup. So something I could physically measure. But for God, when he says, I give you, you, know, you have access to the measure of grace, each one of us, we think it's distributed separately. But no, the measure of grace and faith with God is that we get to step into His grace and measure of faith, which is immeasurable. So, well then, how can some people have more faith than someone else's faith? I don't think it's a physical thing that their seed is bigger. I think it's that they've become more aware of their need for the faith of God. Does this make sense? And so I want to talk about leadership and moving in through journey. I think about one of the things that keep me sane in journeys is thankfulness. Now, my group will laugh at me. Every group that I've ever led in the last four years at Bethel will laugh at me when I say the word thankfulness because that's probably one of the things I talk about the most. Um, but, I, but I often find in between moments that we're going on journey, the biggest thing that keeps my soul clean and my mind in the right, correct posture is thankfulness. The biggest thing you challenge yourself in any relationship, Sarah and I, were, you know, my wife, we've been married 16 years, as I said before, and there's been high moments, low moments, and everything in between. And every time we've settled something, and every married couple could agree, is that when you remember the covenant, when you remember how much you love each other, or you have this thought of, I just remember when I first married you. And then all of a sudden, if you could remember your wedding day or whatever it looked like for you, and you're like, oh, I just remember that. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry for whatever. You know, and most times I'm the one saying sorry. So I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry for being whatever. But thankfulness got me there in the midst of journey. And I realized most of our journey has been all over the place, both Sarah and I, for the last 16 years. But the, the issue of the love connection was never really the issue because we love each other. We know that. But the issue was discovering each other over 16 years on the way. 
And I was thinking this morning that we live constantly in the tension of journey. Uh, way back in 2000, way back, seven years ago, in 2015, I suppose six years ago, um, I was um, in, uh, sorry, in 2016, I was in second year at, at, at BSSM, and I got to drive Chris Felton um, from this conference in Orange County to the airport. And, you know, I was, I'm one of those guys, if you know my personality is like, I'm very chilled, but internally I'm not really chilled. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I play chilled so that I know, I know me. If I don't play chilled, I can be very intense and I could probably just move very quickly. And my mind is very moving very quickly. And I would, if I'm with any great leader, I'm going to ask a million questions. Because in my mind, my connection and honor is asking questions. You know, but, but sometimes with great leaders, they just want to have a rest. Anyway, so I, was, I went to a conference. I was in second year. There were seven of us. And Chris Valentin at that point only chose to do one trip with, with BSSM students for, for some reason that year. And so I got chosen to go on the trip. There was only seven of us there. And Jess Smalley at that time now, she's uh, Jess Timms, her name is now, we we're friends, and RG, she was on the trip as well, and a few others of us. And we had two sedan cars, and we drove from Reading to LA because Chris was flying in. We had to be at the conference to serve and, to be, and just to, to learn from Chris. And so it was a prophetic conference with Stacey Campbell. And there was a, another guy there who was one of Randy Clark's friends, and I forget who it was, but it was an amazing time. And so, but, but my whole idea of this time was like, yes, I'm loving the conference. It's going to be great. That's amazing. I wanted to spend time with Chris because I felt like I was supposed to. I felt like I was going to get impartation. I mean, who's, who's crazy enough to just drive somewhere because you felt you were going to get something? Yeah. <laughs> I remember once driving four hours one night with, with a six-month-year-old baby just to hear Heidi Baker speak for four hours and then drive back again. And we were just one of those people. And I just wanted to make sure Heidi touched my leg. <laughs> I remember when Bill Johnson, I first met Bill in 2000 and, goodness me, 2009. I didn't, when I say met, I didn't know him. But I was, I was in a large charismatic church. I was on staff as a youth and young adults pastor. So we just started getting into Bethel. I had no idea who Bethel was. We were a part of a totally different stream. And so when I read the book Culture of Honor by Danny Silk, we started to introduce ourselves with Bethel. And so Bill was in town. And I'm like, at that point, it, he, he hadn't done the Hillsong churches yet. So uh, he, was, he was known, but he wasn't in my circles well known. You know, and so we went to this church and he was there. Graham Cook as well. And so I just felt the presence. I started watching all these videos, so I knew, like, Bill Johns is amazing. So anyways, I'm, this is a side story. I sat in the seat, and uh, I just ushered. My friend was running the conference, and I said, let me, can I usher? Can I, just, I just want to be a part. I took my entire youth church um, uh, staff and team members to this conference because I've been following Bill by that point. And this is my first introduction to Bill. I sit there. I didn't know what to say to Bill because for some reason at that point I was like nervous. I was really nervous of Bill because I think it was like the glory stuff. You know, and his hair looks amazing. and he, It looks like nothing's as out of place ever, you know. And, and I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, hi, Bill. Yeah. Hi, Bill. And um, I said then he touched my leg. And he says, good to see you. And he walked on to the front. Obviously, there's a thousand people that he was preaching. I never watched those jeans for like three years. I'm like, I was like, there's anointing on that left hand there. So. And then I had a dream straight after that. He, I had this dream in several months after that, that Danny Silk and Bill were driving this truck 
like a pickup truck. And I was playing football on the field. And, in, and by the way, in that dream, I looked so muscular. So that, you know, I dreamed like that. So I'm like, I was like, it was a good dream, you know. So, and I was, I, was, I was on the field, and Danny Silk and Bill, Bill says, oh, he's one of ours, and throws me in the truck. So just think 2009. That's the dream. So he throws me in the truck, and then the dream ends. And, uh, and so, so from there, I, I, going back to the story of Chris, in 2015, in first year, um, a girl comes up to me from Australia. She was from Melbourne. And she, like, in, at our school, by the way, in a normal year, a non-COVID year, um, it's packed. And, and in my year, there was 1,300 students just in the first year. And the mosh pit down the front was crazy. And I'm one of those guys that... I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily a manifest. I do manifest in different ways. But, you know, I'm one of the guys who has a coffin. I'm standing there and weeping and, and you know, crying with thankfulness, really. I'm, I, and, and so I'm standing like, like a concrete pole in between, like, 200 other people down the front. And they're going crazy. And, and, and a beer assessment in a normal year, there's, you're never short of words. So I just held my phone down there. And, and oftentimes when some, so I've got a word for you, I'm like, just record. I've got hundreds of words on my phone in my iCloud. It's just crazy. So talking about words, and by the way, uh, Bill keeps every word. I think he's got six or seven volumes of, of books printed out of just prophetic words over the years. So when he makes a decision, one of the first things they do is go back to these words. And what did God say? What is he saying? What is he still saying about this thing? Just as a side note again. And so this girl comes down, I remember her, and she's like, she, everyone's drunk there. Like, William, you'll see him a little bit later. We'll turn him on in about 30, 30 minutes and we'll unleash him. Um, but it was crazy down there. She yells, she comes up to me, I see you on Bethel staff and you're going to be a leader at Bethel. This was in October. The school started in September. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, thank you. And, I, and I'm, try, I'm like an analytical person sometimes, so I'm like categorizing my prophetic words. I'm like, okay, I, I, I think of like, oftentimes when people give me prophetic words, it's, in, it's usually in like, I see you having a great family. I see you in leadership. You have a prophetic anointing. I see you with an entrepreneur anointing and you're a forerunner. So I had gotten so many words up into that point that I started to realize she's probably just, it's probably just in one of those categories. So I shelved the word in the idea of like, that's an awesome word and I identify with that. And then I started overthinking it like, oh, well, I had a pastoral experience. I worked for two churches before. Maybe she can feel that. that. And maybe she's, so this is how my mind thinks. And I'm standing there, she's giving me the word, and I'm thinking all those things. And so she gives me the word, and I'm like, okay. She sees me. There. It wasn't my intention, to be honest with you. We were burnt out. We, we had campus pastors. We'd been executive pastors. We've been young and youth, youth and young adults pastors. We did a 12-month stint as worship pastors. And to be honest with you, we just wanted to have a year where we did nothing but receive. Uh, because by then I was like, I'm like, I was also working in banking. I was working three days a week. I negotiated a deal with the bank that I was working for that I, 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 the church could pay me a certain amount uh, at that time. I was working for a church that did full time, but then the, the, other, the new church said, hey, we want to start a campus in another place. You'll live in one city on the weekend and you'll live here. And I said, well, that's good. How much do you pay me? He said, this amount. I'm like, okay, that's great. I probably still need to work at the bank. And so Sarah and I, with a six-month-year-old, a baby boy at that point, Justice, my son, we uh, lived in the city, um, and on weekends we would live in another city. 
every week for 12 months. That was a challenge with the baby, trust me. Um, I remember entertaining a well-known prophet and the entire hour and a half drive to the other city, our justice cried. And I, you, know, you know, like when you're like, you, you want to be good parents because the leader's in the car as well. And then at the same time, you're like, <laughs> and I was so nervous. Anyways, so we did those, these things and I negotiated with my bank, said, look, I, I really need to keep the same salary. So can I do 40 hours in three days? And they said, well, you can't legally, so we'll just do 36 hours in three days and you'll work 12-hour days. So I worked 12-hour days for three days. So, and I said, but by the way, I can't work on Mondays because I'll be too tired from church and I need to leave early to get up to the next town so I can't work Fridays. You'd never get that in banking. You're talking, you want Mondays the biggest day and Friday the connection day off? And, th- and they said yes <laughs> to, Monday, to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So I was like, okay, I settled the finances I'm just being obedient, just following the Holy Spirit. So re- fast forward, I get the word, I'm in Chris's uh, conference, and then this conference, for some reason, didn't organize drivers to take Chris to the airport. And so we're in OC, and I need to get him to Lax. And so they said, does anyone, to be honest, this, this is, for me, this was God, because what conference would invite Chris Valentin, and there are 400, 500 people there, and they don't have a driver to take him. I, I don't know if it was real, what I was hearing, because for me, I felt like this is unusual that they wouldn't have organized someone to drive him home uh, to the airport. So I, being so hungry, I was like, I'll drive him. I literally, I said yes to Stacey Campbell, because I kind of knew her from uh, the church that I was working for in Australia, and I said, I'll take him to the airport. She's like, oh, great, okay, you want, she didn't know who I was, didn't even know I was a student, you want the staff here? I'm like, I'll take Chris, I didn't even answer the question. <laughs> She's like, okay, he needs to be ready in an hour. I, I jumped in the car with my friend. I said, let's go and detail the car. Let's get coffee for Chris, and we'll be ready in an hour. So I come back. Chris knew that I was a BS She She's like, oh, they've got you guys driving me? I said, yeah, the, yeah. They, I, I said to Stacey, I'll take you. You know, the cheeky, hungry Joel. <laughs> so I was like, oh, here's my big moment to ask Chris questions. And on the, on the, on the app in the morning, because... Uh, where he was, sorry, he wasn't flying in Lax. I forget where he's flying. It, was, it actually wasn't that far. Um, but for some reason, traffic hit us. And then I end up, the journey, the journey in the car was an hour and 45 minutes. So I asked Chris a million questions. <laughs> and Chris, Chris is... <laughs> Personality, I'm sure he was like super tired, but I was, he was probably thankful once he got to Lax that, uh, that once I dropped him off. But um, I asked him all these questions about life and leadership. And, and so there was my first encounter with, with Chris. Fast forward um, to 2017. Um, I was going to do third year, and third year is the third, is like a, an intern year of our school of ministries. And so I didn't, to be honest with you, I was just happy to be at Bethel. You know, we, we were just receiving the blessing of the Lord and we're living by faith, but God was blessing us. And in that two-year period, people gave us over $105,000 to do first and second year. And it was just crazy. We were supposed to sell our house in Australia. It never got sold, and it only sold last year. But, so, but for two years, we had to fund ourselves by faith. You know, and when I say fund ourselves by faith, I was on the phone to people who I felt God asked me to ask for finances, to support us. And I, was, I never did any Facebook posts for finances. I just, I, I just felt the Lord didn't want us to go that way for that season. If you'd done that, that's, that's great, especially when you're a missionary. 
But for me, I was like, God, show me who I'm supposed to reach out to. Give me 10 people that I was supposed to ask for support. So as we felt led by the Holy Spirit, the Lord would lead me to a picture of a person, and then I would write them in. I'd never use the word give. I would say, hey, would you invest in our journey here? Because the Lord said to me, Joel, don't use give, because give will mean you'll just get bread for the week. But investment money means you'll get builders who will stay with you to help you for the future. And so I'd never use the word, would you give to us? Would you invest in this? And, the, and maybe that was part of my makeup too. And I worked in corporate life and my dad was a businessman and a pastor. So I understood the language. And that's also how I'm wired. So I said, would you give, invest? And, and people would invest. I remember one businessman when I was in second, he said, look, I can't give you much. But when I feel we can, I'll just send you something. So for 12 months, they sent us anywhere between $1,000 to $2,000 every month. Because he, but the thing is, he said to me, I am go, our business is going through a real hard time. And I was like, after 12 months of receiving continual gifts like that, I'm like, could you imagine a good time? I was like, praise God. I'm like, it was just, it was so, thank, I was just so thankful. You know, I remember, and people know that I like coffee, so people would even send me um, $300 and, and in brackets in the paper, by the way, please make sure you reserve $30 of this for Joel's coffee. <laughs> I know the Lord loves me, and he's brewing a, a latte for me right now. He's amazing. <laughs> so then we get to 2016. I'm, I'm unsure what the future holds. I'm so thankful to be at Bethel. I'm happy to stay in third year. And I said to Paul Cummer, who's a pastor there, I'm like, hey, I'd love to intern for you. I got offered to, to potentially intern for Bill. I had went into Bill's office and interned uh, for the thing with him. And then I... His, his, his sort of staff told us, well, if we, you know, if this happens, um, then, then you're going to have to be traveling a lot. And then I was like, I, I presented to the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. Sarah, my wife, and she said, you can't do that. You're going to be traveling too much. And I'm like, okay. So, but I just wanted to be at Bethel, so I said no to that, and I stayed uh, working, uh, just hoping to be in third year. But then I got the call from my pastor uh, that I was going to be employed. And that was amazing. Well, I was getting a potential job offer. And then I would see Chris again for my interview. And so he remembered me from the long drive that I had in second year. <laughs> and obviously, because, I mean, you're stuck in a car for an hour and 45 minutes, he's going to remember me. I kind of felt like that was the Lord. So he interviewed me. Um, I had some great... Great time with him within an hour, and Dan filing there asked me all of these questions. I was fully nervous. And then, you know, usually as an international pastor, they take some time, or at least back then they took some time to say that you were a staff member. Um, and so I was expecting that was in May, straight after we finished school. I wouldn't expect a word until maybe July, August, because I've heard before that you wouldn't get any words until July and August. But my mother-in-law was visiting at that time, and my mother-in-law is, she's just, you know, she's, she's, if she says something, it's going to happen. And when I mean that, I'm like, I'm definitely going to do what she said she wants me to do, you know. And I have a great relationship with my mother-in-law, but sometimes she says the craziest thing, and they happen. And she's, I said, Mom, I'm feeling stressed. You know, we, we're about to go to L.A. for two weeks on a holiday because she was visiting from Australia. And I was like, I don't want to go for two weeks and not know if I've got the job because I'm like, I really want the job because the girl prophesied in first year that I'd be working for Bethel. I had that dream in 2009, and I, I felt like this is going to be my opportunity. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're going to know by tomorrow morning. Before we leave, you're going to know from Chris Val, from them that you're going to be hired. I'm like, 
Mom, they don't even... <laughs> they, don't, they don't turn around that quick. Never. Never turn around that quick. The next morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, actually 7.55, I got an email from Leslie Crandall says, welcome to the team. <laughs> Who's the manager? Anyways, um, there's a whole prophetic... I'm telling you the stories, and I'll leave some scripture with you, obviously. But time and time again, I was giving these flashpoints of the future through these encounters and these experiences. So then fast forward to yesterday or even the day before, I'm driving with Chris because I'm hosting him at this conference. We're having dinner, we're having great conversation, we're having a lot of talk. And I want to say the fulfillment of the girl's word when I was in a worship set, randomly holding a coffee, crying, just receiving the love of the Father, and she says, I see you working for Bethel, has come true. And I want to tell you what has been wonderful about the journey for Sarah and I at Bethel has been thankfulness. Has been just enjoying every single up and down of the moments, but just so thankful that God is still with us, that God is with us, God is leading us. And I want to say this, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, it says this, and I can verbatim say it because I've read it so much, but it says, Rejoice the Lord, pray without ceasing, and in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I want everyone to say, Rejoice, pray without ceasing, and in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. First of all, it's only achieved in Christ Jesus. And second of all, it's the will of God. So what's the will of God? In this context, it's, it's not necessarily, it's talking more of conduct. How do I journey? I can journey rejoicing, praying without ceasing, and giving thanks. How can I pray without ceasing? Well, in Romans 8, it says that the Holy Spirit makes intercession on your behalf. So if I'm in Christ, that's the whole book of Romans, you should study it from Romans at least four to seven, you'll start to hear, see some major, incredible theology of how we are now without sin, perfect, no condemnation, now moving into this habitual life God with God, habitation, living in God. So that makes sense that I could pray without ceasing. When I'm in God, the Holy Spirit is praying on my behalf. So even though sometimes I'm not aware that I'm praying, I am praying because I'm in God and the Holy Spirit never stops praying for us. Does that make sense? Three times it talks about that in Romans 8. And so he's praying for again. I want you to understand this. Holy Spirit is praying for your benefit every single day, every single moment. So small faith, mustard seed faith, God's big faith, he just wants us to be childlike and obedience is not a ritual that gets you into by striving or by punishment. No, it's by literally understanding what he is doing for us in him. And so I'm just trying to just be open here. This has been my biggest journey of the last 12 months has been following the Holy Spirit. Now we teach about these things. We do a class on this thing. I may have even done an AMT about it and now I'm actually learning it properly. <laughs> The role of the Holy Spirit. And I'm noticing that I'm seeing the Holy Spirit more and more as I engage with thankfulness. Because when I'm not thankful, I don't see moments. You know, when I was, talk, when I was driving Chris to the airport back, in, back when I was in second year, even when I was driving Chris to a restaurant last night before the conference, 
I put in my GPS the restaurant coordinates. I knew where I was going. That sounds like a prophetic. I didn't know what was going to be in between. And so because I'm so in love with uh, Chris and Bill and their families and I'm so honored to work for them, I'm, I'm almost, I almost don't care how long it takes to get to the restaurant. I'm actually now more excited about how long it takes along the way. And I want to say with the prophetic is it is true what he said is going to happen. But what he's most excited about is the love relationship journey that we get with God and the Holy Spirit so that when we go along the way, we see facets of God that we can only get in companionship with him than just fulfilled words. Now, I love fulfilled words, and this church has experienced so many fulfilled words, many of you. All of us as a team have experienced fulfilled words. But I know the shaping of me hasn't been the fulfilled words. The shaping of Sarah and Joel have been the journey along the way. But the beauty of the relationship doesn't come just from the wedding day and once a year and anniversary. The beauty of the relationship is that I've stayed thankfulness for the 12 months leading up to the anniversary in August with my wife. And then when we have that dinner at a beautiful restaurant, you get that nice jupe cologne on and you're like, woo, I feel good. I said jupe because if you were born in the 80s, you'd know what that, that cologne was. It's Versace now, sorry, whoops. Um, sit in that restaurant, you look fine, you've, you've, you've put budget aside, it's the best meal you're going to have every year. You start to reflect, man, I just love you so much, man, what a year. Oh, I can't believe we've been together 16 years, or well, actually 18 for Sarah and I, but 16 years married. I'm so thankful, thankful, thankful. And we start talking about what the journey along the way. And I want to say the role of the Holy Spirit is, is, so, is so multi-layered, multifaceted. But it is there to build this love relationship with God that we can only get in the journey along the way to what he said we'd go to. Romans 8.14, why don't you turn there for me? Oh, I can tell you, it just says this, those who are led by the Spirit of God... You should just write it down so I know that I know the Bible a little bit. Uh, Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. But can I read it in the Passion Translation? Because I feel the Passion Translation uh, eloquently says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And I'll read verse 15. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. So it says in the Passion, which again, the Passion is translated from the viewpoint of the Aramaic and a Hebrew conversation, a Jewish conversation. So when Brian Simmons got this verse, he's, he's, he's translating it from, first of all, a loving God, and second of all, how would they interact in culture back then? They would question things. They would say, oh, what do you define that? They would mean that. And, and so when he said mature sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God, the sons of God, he's trying to translated on how they would have thought back in those days. And it was multi-layered, it was conversational. It was like one, one line meant four different things, if that makes sense. And that's how when Jesus was 12 years old, he was asking questions in the synagogue. He, if that makes, that, that's, that's not really a major thing because that's what they would have done at 12 years old. They knew the Pentateuch, they knew the first five books of the Bible off by heart by 12 years old because he was being trained as a rabbi. I mean, he was a good rabbi. He knew. Yeah? So conversations, asking questions from the Lord was how they actually dig deep in relationships. 
I mean, any married person knows that's true. You know, when we get home, your wife will say, what, what did you get up to today? Well, how was your day? And I'm like, good. We could have done a million things. And good is trying to explain 15 different meetings we're in, you know. But what the conversation has to get greater, and I'm learning so much after 16 years and we're still young, is like when, I, when Sarah say, how was your day? She's basically inviting me into connection. How was your day means, oh, it was really good. This is what happened, blah, blah, blah. An hour later, even though I'm exhausted by saying what we've done, because if, if William asks me, how was my day? I'm like, good. And we, we're like, we're good with that. Like, if William came to the movies with me, and my, just my personality, I could not talk the entire time, and I feel good. And I get home like, that was a great time with William. But you didn't say anything except for what movie you were seeing. But I'm like, but I just feel so connected with it. <laughs> with the Holy Spirit, it's like, it is like that. It's, it's this role of like, what do you think? What do you think? Five layers. What do you think? Conversationally, I'm going to be a part of this journey. Understanding the goodness of God, all these great things. And I want to say, in the journey along the way, what will keep you sustaining awareness of this relationship is thankfulness. Now, that scripture in thankfulness in Romans, uh, sorry, in 1 Thessalonians 5.16 is amazing. The big one that I love is the next two. So we said that thankfulness keeps you sane, keeps your soul clean, keeps your mind healthy when you're in the journey along the way. And it says this in verse 19, and I'll open the Bible for this one on my phone. One moment. <laughs> yeah. I've got to change translation. But basically he says this. First Thessalonians 5, 19 says, do not quench the spirit. The next verse, verse 20 says, and do not despise the prophetic word. Okay. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Alyssa's in my group. She's like, hmm. You know that sassy look. I know that she does every now and then. Um, but it's like, that's like, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean? So first of all, in Christ, you can only get to the point of rejoicing, always praying without ceasing, all things give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So we're all in Christ. We've accepted Jesus. Holy Spirit's now living inside us. And by the way, the Holy Spirit trusts you. Otherwise, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take up residency in a one-bedroom apartment inside you. <laughs> he paid the price. The ransom was paid. All the things are done. And now he's living like a, a good roommate who actually cleans up the house inside of you. <laughs> so that's the way my mind thinks. It's like, I think in literal terms, like, he's so, like, oh, I don't know if God trusts me. Don't be stupid. He lives inside you. I mean, I, mean, I, I shouldn't have said don't be stupid. Don't be silly. He lives inside you. The Holy Spirit trusts you so much. He is part of every fabric inside of your body. I mean, praise God. And so if you have trust issues thinking that God doesn't trust you, he trusts you, he lives inside you. That's just settled down. All right, so, so he lives inside you. The verse first, the, the thing that will sustain you through not quenching the Spirit of God moving in your life and not despising that the prophetic word is true is thankfulness. Because on the journey along the way to what God said in 2021, by June 2021, I'm going to be Whatever. And that is true, and that definitely is true. I'm believing that for you. What will sustain you from staying joyful in this season of journey, and when sometimes the pressure is, where is God? Like, is he around? 
Who's ever had a prophetic word and you're like, where is he? Like he gave it to me five minutes, like five years ago, and I'm like, I don't even know if he knows my name anymore. Where is he? It's like, are you sure? I'm, and you're questioning things. There is the first opportunity you have to quench the Spirit of God working on that word. And there is potentially the, and that's an invitation potentially that you could avoid with thankfulness to not despise what he said was actually true. Because as I told you, I had a dream in 2009 after Bill touched my leg that I'd be jumping in the back of the truck, which I knew I'd be connected to Bill Johnson and Chris Valden at Bethel Church. But then I get the word in 2015 that, oh, you're going to work for Bethel. And then I get the opportunity to drive Chris in 2016, and then in 2017 get the job offer. But what kept me sane through that entire time, not fully knowing what that word actually meant or what it looked like, was thankfulness. So when I saw my friend get promoted before me, and that happened. By the way, I was driving. Uh, I lived a street away from a, a, one of the RGPs called Hannah Giddens. So we lived in the same neighborhood. And she lived one street away. And so oftentimes I, we were in the same revival group. So I said, oh, I can pick you up. Well, she'd give me lifts. And then we were like, it was getting to the end of second year. We were like, oh, I'm believing that God would, you know, open the door at Bethel to work there. You know, that's every minister's dream, especially if you're in a minister's school. You, you know, the high percentage of people who want to be in full-time ministry in a minister's school is probably 50%. It's a lot higher than just a normal school, right? So we're all like, oh, if you get hired, that's going to be awesome. Let's pray together. So we would pray together and say, oh, God, just open the door. Lord. Open the door for Hannah. Open the door for Joel, blah, 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 blah. So one day I pick up Hannah and she says, guess what happened? I'm like, what happened? She says, Chris wants to meet with me about a job, RGP. And, you know, I did fake celebration. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> Internally, I was distraught. I was like, you know, in worship, people were you know, like, I was crying under, you know, I used to cry a lot because I feel the Holy Spirit, you know. But that day, I was in full process. You know, every song was a process for me. I was like, I had my process mix on that all, all day. Uh, does anyone have a process mix? I, I do. It's basically any sad song that gets you to cry, so you at least release something. That, that's, I, I have that. So, um, it's a thing. It's a, if, I'm, if I can't figure out what's going on in my world, I play a song by Chet Atkins called About His Dad. It's, it's an old, old country song. And I, and I play that and I cry and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm feeling the pleasure of God. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> so I had my process mix on. I'm false, I'm false celebrating, at least in front of her. I go to my revival pastor that day, and he goes, Joel, how are you going? I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, Hannah got, Hannah got uh, you know, invited uh, 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 RGP, and I'm hoping by me saying this is going to open the door for me. Like, Dave, don't you understand? I want to be working for Bethel too, you know? And he's like, oh, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, oh, it's just so great. I'm trying to be a good Christian. I'm like, so good. It's so good. And it's like, well, how are you really feeling? And Dave Ward has a special way of asking, you know, it's not just secondary questions, like fourth questions, like, he can already see right down the bottom of my soul, and I'm answering from up here, and he's trying to get me down to around here. No, but no, seriously, Joe, how are you going? And then I'm like, oh, to be honest, I'm like, this, this flipping sucks. This is like, I, 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 it's like, I love that she's getting the opportunity, but to be honest, I'm like, oh, this is really challenging for me because we have been praying together, and he goes, oh, I just feel like the Lord wants you to lay in that pit. And Dave has a, a saying, like, I just feel like the Lord wants you to stay in it. I'm going to stay in it. This sucks. Why do I want to stay in this mess? The Lord, we just sang breakthrough. We just had Jen Johnson lead worship. The goodness of God. The big, big moments. And like, I feel so pumped up. And, the, and all of a sudden, he wants me to stay in my mess. And I was like, why don't I stay there? Anyways, the next day, 
I got that, I got another email. Um, first email I got was, hey, Leslie Crandall wants to meet with you. Now, but, but I want to say, for 24 hours, I was in dis- distress. Because I was trying to celebrate someone getting a victory, and I couldn't. And so, I, anyway, I get the text the next day, uh, the email, and I call Dave. Dave, I, I can't believe I got a, an email from, from that they want to meet me. And he goes, oh, I knew that yesterday. <laughs> and he says, actually, I knew it for two weeks. I just couldn't tell you. Psalms 105 verse 19 says, until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word tested him. And it's talking in reference to the story of Joseph. So Psalms 105 verse 19, you should write that one. That's a really good scripture if you're in a prophetic journey, believing something. Until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word tested him. Some people will just get up and claim the Lord tested him. But in this reference, it's not the Lord tested him, it's the word. What word? The word that he would have his brothers bow down and he would be a great leader, all those things. And it's written reference to Joseph. So I want to tell you sometimes when you're in a journey, it's the strength of the word that needs to be tested. It's easy for, for me, 2005, to say, yes, I will marry you, Sarah, in a beautiful chapel in the mountains of, of Australia. It's easy to do that. But where that word is tested is the journey along the way. I didn't know what yes meant till yes was tested. Do you, know I mean? or do you love each other through thick and thin or whatever the vows were? So when thick and thin come through, do we still love each other? Because now we know what real love is. Puppy love at wedding day is like, we, I mean, we're jumping in a plane. We're going to go to Hawaii for two weeks. You know, we're, we're going to be young honeymooners like... I can say yes to anything. I'm like, I just want to get the service over. Let's go on the honeymoon. Like, you know, it's like we were just young. But the journey along the way tested the yes on the altar. So the prophetic word is like this with the prophetic. You get the word. You're going somewhere. It's true. But you're going to be tested. Oh, the enemy's attacking me. He's just... He's, he's, he's really attacking me. He's, he's really attacking me. If someone says that to me, I'm like, what did God say to you last? And God just gave me this massive word that I was supposed to buy this building. And since I've got that word, I've been, I'm like, it's like the enemy, the, 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 the devil, the enemy. I'm like, well, it could be. Or maybe it's you. And maybe the word is testing you to get you up to strength to handle the faith that's required to get to the building that you're going to buy, or whatever it is. And I'm not saying sometimes it is the enemy attacking, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not against that stuff. But most times I'm finding, well, every time I get a prophetic word, what's most challenging is, is the, di- the, the, the conversation that I have along the way with God. I know it's true. He said it's going to come to pass. Oh, my goodness, I'm being tested in every way. And God is like, he thinks so dimensionally way more than us. You know, there's a four-dimensional chessboard. The four-dimensional chessboard means you move this way and three other spots it can go a different way. So I've never seen one before, but I've heard about it. And sometimes that's kind of like God. So you get a great word. You're going to be a phenomenal leader. The next minute, the pastor calls you. Can you serve at the front door? Actually, sorry, I just changed the schedule. You're at the back door, just in case anyone comes in and you're security. Hang on. 
I'm supposed to be a leader. Backdoor doesn't mean leader. <laughs> at least put me in front of a light at the front door. But, but the, because God sees multidimensional, the back door is going to sustain the front door. The driving the car for Chris in L.A. was going to sustain the real conversation I was going to have in my interview so that I had an equity already built with him and that I could come from a different mindset, from not from nervousness, but from confidence that I knew who he was because he loves us, to now feeling like I can actually appropriately interact with Chris V in this interview. I feel if I didn't have that one, one hour, 45 minute drive, it wouldn't have prepared me for the conversation in my interview. At that time, I was quite insecure. But by the time I finished second year in that interview, I was like, I, I, I'm still, I mean, I was battling things, but I was feeling really loved at Bethel. I was feeling very secure in who I was. And so I went in there in a totally different mindset. And now when I walk into my role at Bethel, I'm, I'm so thankful to be where I'm at but I believe all these stories, and we've been in ministry since 2006, so I've, we've seen a lot of different things, and it's very short. Some of you have been in for your whole entire life. But since 2006, we've been in ministry, and all these things challenging me, a journey along the way. Can I stay thankful is the biggest thing that has helped me. Final story, and then we'll, I'll get Brad to do in ministry time. And do you mind if I jump on piano? And, just, and Brad's going to come and lead the impartation. Our expectation for at least everyone to be completely drunk before we leave. Is that okay? Is that, is that good? Yeah. Intoxicated. So I want to be good English and Australian. Intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, drunk. So thankfulness sustains you from not quenching spirit. And what I mean by not quenching, recognizing that spirit hasn't left you. First of all, Deuteronomy 29, it says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that scripture is referenced again in Hebrews 12. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So you have to understand with God, and you know this, I'm talking to the choir, basically, he will never leave you. But sometimes in a journey, you feel like he's left you. But that's not God, that's, that's your thinking. It's not even your spirit, because your spirit knows that God's with you. It's your soul trying to... Dis- to distract you from recognizing who you truly are in God, your spirit. And your soul is where you're going to be most challenged on the journey along the way. And so I want to say, thankfulness will keep your soul clean, will keep your soul engaged with Holy Spirit, will keep your soul pressed onto what He said. Because when He says something, you'll be tested in your journey along the way. 2007, 2008. And our final story, and I'll jump on the piano. Can we minister some time? Yeah, thank you. In 2008, I was preaching. I, you know, I just wanted to preach. By the way, I was a hungry, hungry young guy. And I'm still young. I'm only 37. But I was like, when we first started, I, I mean, I, I preached my first message when I was seven years old at the Believer's Voice of Victory Kenneth Copeland Conference. Um, that was in my garage. We faked it. We just called it Believer's Voice of Victory uh, in, in my dad's garage at seven years old. So that was my first sermon, my Cousins, I had, you know, my cousins, they were the naughty boys. They were the ones always getting saved. My brother was the worship leader. My two other cousins were other preachers. So we would take turns, and we'd run these conferences. We'd put, we'd put bricks out there and boards so that we'd stand out on the stage, you know, because in my, my dad's garage, we would drive the car in, and then there was a platform. So we would move the cars. I asked my dad to move the cars. It was two garage side, and then we'd, we'd build a little stage. We'd put the piano there because my brother was a little bit older than me, and he'd play the piano, and then we'd have church. We'd have conference. 
And then the other game we'd play is business. And so then we'd play business and we'd start doing deals with each other. And the two cousins were always getting saved, were always ripping each other off every time we'd play this game. By the way, everyone who played the game was doing exactly what they played, except for the ripping off. Cousins of business and my brother and I in full-time ministry. It's just crazy how that worked out. Anyway, seven years old, preached my first message. In 2007, I'm invited to a church and, um, and I was excited because I'm like, this, oh, I'm just going to start traveling. Ooh, if there's anything about preaching, it's like, well, it's not just what, preaching in a youth church. Now people are asking me to preach somewhere. So I get this invitation. They're like, hey, we want you to come preach and we're going to fl- we want you to fly up to us. They're, they live in another town. And I just feel like we just we need to have these series of meetings. And, and, and we know your dad. He was, my dad was a preacher, obviously. And so, like, hey, we would love for you to come up. And so I went up there. And I, and, and I didn't know I, full-time ministry. I didn't know nothing. I mean, my dad did it, but I just, I, was, I didn't know anything. So I said, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll pay for my flights and get up there. So I paid for my flights and, you know, several hundred dollars to get up there. And I get there and, and the pastor's like, good friends of ours are like, hey, we're going to come up. And when I get to the meeting, it's his family. And I'm like, oh, okay, where's the church? Like, this is the church, seven people. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, no, that's good. I'm, I, my, in, straight away, my soul was disjointed. Because I just paid for the, for, for the plane ticket. And he goes, don't worry, we're going to take up a love offering for you. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm not talking about finding, I didn't need that. It's just, just like, I, I, I take up a love offering for you. I'm like, okay, oh, please. Let it cover the airfares, Lord. You know, I, I, preached, I preached like there was a thousand people because the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, you pray that you'd have opportunity and now I'm giving it to you. Yeah, so, okay, so I, I had to get to thankfulness. I'm like, oh, okay. I, yeah, in, in, in that time, I was in the middle of Bible college. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. cool, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And so I did it and preached. I preached like there was a thousand people in the room, seven people there. Preached the Friday night. Seven people turn up. Sunday morning, I think it was 20, which is great. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's just amazing. These people were building big people. I'd rather big people and great impact than a big church and no one knows you. So we did that. I did that. I jumped on the plane and I'm trying to be professional. Like, to be honest with you, I was like, Sarah said, you sure you have to go? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just used $400 of our own money to pay for the ticket. I'm like, yeah, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they're going to bless me an offering. And so they hand me an envelope, and they're really proud and excited. And I'm so thankful. Thank you so much. Thank you. I get to the airport, and, you know, I'm a young preacher, so I don't, I don't want to open the envelope in front of them because that, that seems desperate. You know, it's like, you know, if I'm reminding the pastor of the check, you know, pastor, you got that? Yeah. Love you. Uh, how you going? Uh, I'm just being real. When I was young, I, was, I didn't know how to think. I didn't know how to think. No one was training me in that manner. And so I... I get into the airport lounge. I'm waiting for him to say goodbye to me so that I could walk around the corner and open the envelope up. Because <laughs> we didn't have any money then, you know. So I open the envelope and then maybe $50 to $100. And the Lord, and I was like, oh, God. First of all, it was just more because I, I, I wanted to steward our finances. And I, I, I was like, oh, I, I told Sarah that, that you know, we, we'd be able to at least pay the airfare ticket back after three meetings. And, and, and so I was like, oh. Again, I'm talking to you as leaders, just being real in these journeys. And, and so I was like, oh, dang, was, okay, okay. But the Lord kept saying, but Joel, you asked to speak, and I'm providing opportunity for you. I didn't ask you to make money to speak. I said, I asked you to speak. And I was like, oh. And then all of a sudden, a flutter of thankfulness flowed over me because I chose to move into thankfulness. By the way, I can't pray an impartation of thankfulness. 
I can't even pray for you to have more joy. I mean, I can, and you will get excited, but if you eat of the fruit and choose to eat of the fruit, then you will manifest what you're eating. So thankfulness and, and the nine fruit of the Spirit, all these different things, so thankfulness is, is in my opinion, could have been the tenth, but at least the nine fruit of the Spirit is an, is, a, is an expression of what you're eating. If I'm choosing, this is why Jesus says, choose life and life more abundantly. Why did he say choose instead of let it fall down on a manifestation? Because he knows he's a good father. He's not going to let it just happen to you unless you want it. Right? So anyways, keep moving forward. And I was just thankful. And so I get to my Bethel journey. And by the way, Bill said, I remember he threw me in the back of the truck on this prophetic journey. 2000, fast forward 2019. 2019 comes along. And I'm sorry to tell you so many stories, but I thought this might be helpful for you. Um, um, in 2018 and 19, I'm in staff. I get a couple of texts from Eric Johnson, uh, who was the senior leader at that point of our church. He says, hey, we're doing the Open Heavens Conference. Would you come and do a prophetic time with a bunch of pastors, Haley Braun and a few other people? I'm like, this is my, this is my first year of, of second year pastoring. This is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And then I had to, and I forgot to ask Holy Spirit slash Sarah. <laughs> so I said to Sarah, could, could, you know, you know, this is last minute. This is like they're asking me a couple of days before, but can, you know, this is the biggest conference. Open Heavens is the biggest conference Bethel has every year. It's the premier conference. Can I, can I go? It's like, just one hour session. She says, well, you told me you'd take me out. And I was like, I, I don't know if I did. Did I? Did I? It's okay. <laughs> she showed me the ticket. Oh, you told me you're going to take me out on a date. Friday is our date day. You know, Friday is sacred to us, Joel. You know, and she, you know, she's just so gracious to me. And I'm like, Oh, but, but you know, and then I started using the big term, but Pastor Eric told me, you know, he's like, he's like they did, you know, they did. So like, it's like, I've already committed, I can't go, I'm a man of my word, I can't get off it. And I start, start, start to theologize why I should be doing it, you know. And she's like, but you told me, you told me to take me on a date. And I'm like, oh. So I wrote Eric back and said, Pastor Eric, I just apologize, I said yes, but I, I can't do it tomorrow. I had other commitments. Straight away, I had to choose, do I want to sit in misery and blame my wife or sit in thankfulness because I'm keeping my word with the one I really love? So we went to have lunch. It was great. It was awesome. 2019 comes, uh, 2018 comes along. So in the 2017, I was asked, 2018 comes along. Ben Armstrong texts me a week before the Open Heavens Conference, and he's a mate of mine, and he says, hey, I'd love to have you part of the prophetic team for this, this session. I'm like, this is awesome because, you know, because I'm... I said no last year, and I'm getting an opportunity this year. So I'm like, yes, I mean, right now it's a yes, but by this point, I'm, I'm kind of a lot, at least a little bit smarter. I said, look, let me check with Sarah, but I'm sure it's going to be good, no problem. So at least I said, let me check with Sarah. Sarah goes, you know, Joel, it's on Friday, it's our date day, we did this, we told you this last year, and I'm like, oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> ben, I'm sorry, man, thanks for the, the notice, I can't, I'm, I'm sorry to do that to you, I, I really want to be a part of the team and, and support and in my back of my mind is like, oh man, if I don't show up, I'm going to lose favor. I'm going to lose opportunities. And like, you know, like I'm, just, I'm working for the best church in the world. In my opinion, for me, is like this is Bethel. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll say no. Good, good, good. And because I'm still in performance. I was still thinking if I to, to get favor meant I had to say yes all the time. And I'm not saying not to serve. I'm just saying sometimes the no is just important. Thankfulness had to keep me going through this thing, the choosing of this. 2020 comes along. Or 2019 comes along, sorry. I get a text from Eric again. 
Joel, Joel, I, I, you know, we're doing these Inspire sessions and, and I want you to take one of those Inspire sessions. And I was like, oh, Pastor Eric, that feels really privileged. It's like usually it's, it was Eric, myself, and Christine DeMarco. Um, and then they have the main speakers, Bill and Michael Kulianos at that time, doing the conference. I'm like, oh, this is like, I feel very honored. And, and I said to Sarah, and Sarah read the email this time she was with me. I said, Sarah, like, this, is, this is awesome. I, I, I would, I'm so humbled by this point. I'm like, I w- would really love to do it. <laughs> I kind of didn't go in the asking pit. I was like, I really lo- love to do this one, you know. And she says, oh, I feel the Lord on this. I'm like, oh, praise God. Straight, it, was, it, was the, <laughs> it was the quickest text I could ever give back to Eric. Yes! You know, and then, I, no, I, I called him back. And I, was, and I was trying to be not too excited because it feels desperate if I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, that's the best. I was like, oh, Pastor Eric, I would love to serve you. You know, that'd be amazing. Thank you so much. So I hang up the phone. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, I like preaching. Who likes preaching? I mean, it's, it's, it's just me. I mean, if you're, if you're a singer, you love singing. If you're a craftsman, you love craft. Just own it. I, I have no shame about it, guys. If, at, at church, if someone dropped the mic, I would be there like, I'm grabbing it. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. So I have to restrain myself. Anyways, so I said, yes, and it was amazing. And, and then at the conference, Bill Johnson's down there, Chris V's down there, Michael Koulianos is there. I get to go to the back room. My picture is on the conference flyer next to Bill's. <laughs> I'm like, good guys, I, no, I kid you not. I, I took a picture of the book because I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see that again, at least. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to at least say I was at a conference with Bill on the speaking list, you know, next to Michael Koulianos, but my picture was right next to Bill's. Straight away, I started thinking of the dream. He's one of us. Anyway, I get to my session. I get to preach the session. And um, uh, I was outside the building. I was just trying to get my thoughts. So coming back from retreat, I had to leave retreat early. Every year at BSM, we have retreats. This year, we didn't, but usually, it's, the, it's so awesome. I had to leave early because I had to do the conference. And I'm outside the auditorium. There's 2,500 people in the building because the overflow and everything is packed at the Civic. And I'm outside, I get there an hour before, uh, no, it's half an hour before the session that I had to be there, and then I get to park the car, and then as I was just outside just rehearsing my thoughts and just checking my notes, and I wanted to do it pro, like, it was only a 15-minute speaking segment, these are like these Inspire sessions, and preferably they asked us not to do it with notes. So I'm like, I'm already nervous, it's a big crowd, it's just Chris and Bill... Michael, and I don't want any notes, so I'm rehearsing, and I like to memorize things anyway, so that's no problem for me. So I'm like, okay, okay. I'm in the, I'm just walking around the Civic Auditorium, there's a bush area, like a, the trees there, and this homeless man comes out, and he's drunk. Well, I don't know what he is, he may be, in, he may be drugged or something like that, and I said, how are you going, bro? And he, and he tries to take a swipe at me, he tries to hit me, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look, I'm, I recognize that he's drunk, and I said, look, oh, mate, like, let me pray for you. I'm from Bethel Church, and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm about to speak in just a few moments, and I'd just love to have a bit of space, and hey, just take care of yourself. And he gets up, and he's like, you know, fight me. And I'm like, oh, look, I, like, I, I'm definitely bigger than this guy. I'm like, I really, I don't want you to you hurt yourself. Like, please, you know. And, and to be honest, I was like, I'm frustrated because I'm, 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 I'm nervous. I need to just make sure I'm, I have my thoughts together, and this guy's trying to fight me, and I'm like, come on! You know, it's like, and I'm not going to hit him. That's not part of my who I am. I'm just like, I just don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, please. And he, he, three times he tries to fight me. And so I'm like, I can't. Look, I said to him, look, 
I can't fight you. Sit down and let me just do this uh, leadership thing too that I have to do in, in half an hour. So I start preaching the message I'm going to preach to, practicing on the homeless man. Now, kid, you know, it's a true story. You know this one. I start preaching what I'm going to tell in the building. And he goes, you're not authentic enough. I'm like, I'm like, come, give me a break. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, first of all, he wants to fight me. Now he's trying to give me critiquing on my message. I'm like, you know, and, I, and, I, and he gets up to try and fight me again. I'm like, sit down. I'm going to tell you this. And I start preaching again to him. And he's like, then I, I won't believe you. I don't know what was going on there. I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking through him. Because what he was trying to tell me is, Joel, you're feeling insecure to perform in front of a crowd, and particularly the front row. And I could feel the Holy Spirit saying, remember who you are. So I never practiced. I walked into the building. After just settling the guy, security came over because they saw me and they helped me with this guy. And I was like, I, I, to be honest, I was like, I so love the guy. I'm like, I, just don't, I, 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 haven't, I don't have time to, do I have to be in the, the mic thing? And so the security helped him and just, just calmed him down and, Nevertheless, he spoke to me. If I'm not thankful, I won't know where the Holy Spirit's speaking to. I won't notice the timing. I won't even sometimes recognize that is actually Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit will have to look like a perfect person, give me a wonderful prophetic word. But maybe somehow, and I don't know how to explain that, but maybe God was using that interaction to get to the core of who I am. Actually, Joel, what really matters is that you're living authentically with people. I get in front of the conference, and, and by the way, I, I did a great job. I, I looked, and it was, I, was, I spoke about, funny enough, thankfulness. I jump off, and, you know, Bill, in the green room at the back, said, Joel, you did a great job. And he texts me on Instagram, great job, Joel. By the way, I have a picture of that Instagram. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, my God, it's like, that's a cool memory. I might, even, I might even frame it in my house when one day. I'm like, it's like, these are cool memories, you know. Um, <laughs> but thankfulness sustained me in all interactions. Sustained me. I, I, I finished that meeting. Someone took a picture of me, and, and it's the entire stadium field, and it's amazing. And, and, but thankful, I don't care what it is. It's, I'm just thankful to, to hold a mic. But I text a picture to the pastor who first invited me, and I said, hey, thanks for giving me an opportunity 14 years, uh, 13 years before because I would say, yours was the first conference I spoke at. And I just want to say, because of you, it helped me get to this. And by the way, I was emotionally crying texting this pastor. Because when I preached in people of seven, I saw a thousand people. And so when I got to a thousand people, the Lord could trust me with that. I'm not saying about, it's about numbers, but I'm, it's, about, it's about equity with God. And the relationship, it's an awesome thing. And so I want to say and leave this with you today. Thankfulness will lead you to a joy-filled life. Yeah, Bloomberg, it's a, it's a, it's a, a secular magazine, will say that the most, the most people who express generosity are more likely to be promoted than people who don't. Now, we know the scripture in... in um, which scripture is Zechariah? Where it says, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. But to get to the joy of the Lord, you need to pass through the passageway of thankfulness. When I chose thankfulness, I felt the pleasure of the Lord. The Holy Spirit gave me joy. When David sinned, killed a man, slept with another woman, shouldn't have done that. 
He says this in Psalms 51. And would you stand? And I'm going to get Brad to take over and I'm just going to play piano. Do whatever you want, bro. Brad is just an incredible leader, pastor of a part of our BSSM online. But when he did all those things, he was in a really sticky spot. I mean, the destiny was he was going to be king, but he was in a crazy spot. But the first words he says, he says, he's restored to me the joy of my... He says, cast out your spirit away from me. And he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Psalm 51.10. What was he saying? Get me back to the place of thankfulness so I can remember your salvation. And he's basically, his statement is more than just a prayer. It's him actively choosing that in my greatest dilemma, I'm going to choose to get back to thankfulness and joy in the Holy Ghost. And by the way, it's almost impossible. With uh, the, the, the journey of the Holy Spirit is lifelong, is spirit-led. He'll never leave you nor forsake. He's right in you. And so when you want to express the kingdom, you know, righteousness, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. Romans, 8, Romans 14, 17. It's not a matter of eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in where? Everyone say righteousness, peace, and joy in Holy Spirit. Let's say it again. Righteousness, peace, joy in Holy Spirit. So when someone says, the Holy Spirit's not for today, but I'm a kingdom person. You, it's almost impossible to express the kingdom of God unless we're in the Holy Ghost. So you can't just be happy and be kingdom. You have to be in Holy Ghost. No matter what circumstances is, you can draw on happy because it's joy in the Holy Ghost. And so I just pray right now over you. Why don't you put your hand on your heart? I remember once I, was, I put my hand on my right side and I was like, what's happening right now? I was so nervous with the Lord one day and really it was an intense meeting, but I didn't realize I forgot, forgot my heart's on this side. But anyway, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for every person in this room today. I thank you, God, for your goodness and your favor, your kindness. I thank you, God, as we are journeying along the way that yes, you're going to take us to where you're going to say we're going to go because God, in fact... Mark Batterson, he says this, that God's more interested to get you to where you want to go than you want to go where you want to go. And so I know that you want to get me to where you said you want to get me. Help me to stay thankful in the journey along the way. That I won't quench spirit and that I won't despise the conversation that you said over my life. God, I just thank you right now. What's in front of me is all part of the building blocks of making me ready to go in what you said and who you said that I am and where I'm about to be. And so I just thank you. Why don't you just begin to open your tongue with just speaking in tongues and begin to thank him. I'm going to hand it to Brad, but would you just begin to speak in tongues right now? Come on, just set this atmosphere with the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, Brad. Wow. Yeah, thanks. We just welcome your presence, God. Thank you for your goodness. Yeah. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> yes, God? Uh, I want, uh, are you guys a risky bunch? How risky would you say? Like, very risky. 
Okay. Risky. <laughs> Frisky. Well, nothing wrong with that. You're married. Um, okay, so this is what I've had some feeling. Oh, she is beautiful. Look at this little girl. Right, if you are with your, um, I'm gonna t- it's going to sound simple, but I think it's going to feel a little bit risky. Um, if you are with your partner or spouse, um, why don't you get next to them quickly? If you're already next to them. And uh, if you aren't, if you're a single here, just a friend, why don't you just get near someone you kind of know in the building? Um, if you're a BSSM student, why don't you find one of your teammates? Um, I just want to make sure everyone's kind of covered. If you've just got your kids here, just pull a kid next to you. Um, and what we're going to do is, uh, Kingdom Living is, um, as you can hear from this incredible, incredible, isn't this the most incredible man? It's, oh man, he's just, yeah, let's give him a round of applause. He's a very good man. You're a very, very good man. And uh, yeah, these people are really, are really, like blessed to have you lead them and um, uh, I can hear just in five minutes your heart for the kingdom of God so I think you'll agree with one would say because the heart the kingdom of God is about signs wonders miracles it's heaven on earth and when heaven on earth comes all the rules change and it's um, it's, it's literally that's the pursuit is heaven on earth where we create we live in a realm that is not earth it is actually heaven and everything shifts that means that that things get restored very quickly that um, I just don't know why more people aren't Christians because we have, we have a solution in God for sickness, for torment, for family restorations. Um, and so even as uh, what's, what you'll feel now is, is I, I feel in God to, just to show you how the kingdom of God works. It's, it's maybe more powerful than even a physical healing, someone coming out. But there's this concept of honor in the kingdom of God. And Joel's been speaking about thankfulness. So what I want you to do is I want you to look your spouse, your friend, your partner in the eyes. And this is why it might feel risky. is because uh, it's kind of vulnerable. Um, and if you've got kids, uh, dads and moms, I, I want to give you an opportunity to do the same to them. And I want you to tell them why you're thankful. And I, I don't want it to be short. I actually want to, if, if you're like, oh, I don't know what to do, just take... Say these are the three things that I'm so thankful for you, that you have you've impacted my life. And uh, I've done this. I, I came to Bethel for the first time, and I realized I really love my wife, but I I, I I had to repent because I wasn't lavish with her. And the kingdom of God broke into my life. Oh, can you feel His presence when you start to think and act like Jesus would? And Jesus saw people and. Um, you know, we've all got enough reasons to, to why we withhold. The first thing that happens when we get hurt is we withhold honor. And we all, we're just humans. And my wife will tell you, I'm not perfect. But she's got so much honor for me because she sees me like Jesus does. And so you'll have history of the person. But I want to tell you that God is going to open up your eyes to them again. And I want you to tell them. I want you to just take time to say, hey, this is why I love you. This is why I'm thankful for you. And this is who I see who you are. And I don't want you to give them one thing. I want you to be lavish. I want you to be lavish. I want them to feel embarrassed. I, I want them to feel embarrassed that someone could be so kind to them right now. And this might, I'm, I know this is going to be vulnerable for many because 
It's kind of crazy. Even some of the closest people, we've got to wait until a birthday, a wedding, unfortunately sometimes a funeral before they actually find out just what you thought of them. So why don't you do that? Joel's going to play this. Not only can he preach, but he's anointed on the keys. Um, and we're going to take probably just like five, ten minutes, and then we're going to start to pray for people. And you can feel the presence of God already is lifted in the room, right? So if you don't know them, has everyone got someone near them? If you don't know, is there anyone that doesn't have someone here just to say anything to? Have you all got someone to say something to? Um, if you don't, we'll just get a, one of the students to come prophesy over you and bless you. Um, so why don't you go for it? Go for it. Just take some time. You can each one person go. And then the next person go and allow their words to penetrate their hearts. It's going to feel a little bit awkward if you haven't done this before. Uh, I want you to be lavish with them. Explain to them how they've impacted your life. Moms and dads, take a time to say it to your children. Thanks, God. 